0: Good morning and welcome to your Friday Five, a weekly newscast from the Boston University News Service. It's October 11th, 2019. I'm Susanna Sodborough, the Managing Editor.
1: And I'm Hannah Harn, the Assistant Managing Editor. Today we'll take a look at our top stories from this week. Let's get
0: started so you can start your day. Hundreds rallied in the North End last Friday evening to show support for Battery Wharf hotel workers during their strike over contract changes. The 75 workers, part of Unite Here Local 26 Labor Union, walked out of their jobs at the Boston Harbor Hotel on September 5th over union contract disagreements. They don't respect you. They don't care about how you feel, said Sarandu Kamara, a striking Battery Wharf worker. The only thing they care about is money. Camara is one of the Hyatt 100, a group of housekeepers who were fired without notice by the hotel company in Boston in 2009 and replaced with lower-paid temporary workers, prompting a nationwide boycott. In 2014, the Hyatt paid the workers $1 million to settle the dispute and end the boycott. On the month milestone last week, the group marched from their picket outside the Harborside Hotel to the Paul Revere Mall joined by organizations and citizens showing solidarity. The strike takes inspiration from the union's successful strike of Marriott workers at seven hotels across Boston in October 2018. They returned to work over 40 days later, having agreed to contract conditions, including a more stable schedule, parental leave, and immigrant protections. This story was contributed by Katherine Swindells.
1: When Evan Falchuk ran for governor of Massachusetts as an independent in 2014, he was called a spoiler. Many argued if Falchuk hadn't run, his 3% of the vote would have gone to Democratic candidate Martha Coakley and won her the race. Instead, Republican Charlie Baker took the seat with less than a majority of the votes. The 49-year-old board member of Voter Choice Massachusetts spoke to a small but engaged audience about why our voting system is broken and what can be done to fix it. The solution, he argued, is to adopt Ranked Choice Voting, RCV, also known as Instant Runoff Voting. This system is especially relevant in races where no single candidate receives a majority of the votes, Falchuk said. Under RCV, the candidate with the fewest votes is eliminated first, and their votes are transferred to the voter's next choice. This process continues until one candidate has more than 50% of the votes, thus ensuring whoever is elected represents an actual majority. Falchuk said RCV is broad and has bipartisan support with no major opposition, although incumbents and others who benefit from the current power structure may be less enthusiastic about the system. The biggest obstacle to implementation, he said, is voter education. This story was contributed by Sophie Eisenberg.
0: Worcester homeowner Terry Cherry, 67, is one of many Massachusetts seniors struggling to stay afloat as property taxes soar. After Cherry's husband, Robert, became disabled in an accident and was forced into early retirement, the couple's income plummeted. As the city expanded over the last two decades, their taxes have climbed from $900 to almost $5,000. When money is especially scarce, she gives up food to save money for her husband's insulin. Massachusetts lawmakers are considering more than a dozen bills aimed at extending aid to homeowners like Cherry across the state. The sponsors of these bills, which would expand the state's tax deferral program to include a wider range of elderly homeowners, presented their plans at a hearing of the Legislature's Committee on Revenue on September 24th. Under the current Property Tax Deferral Program, cities can authorize eligible residents over age 65 to defer payments of their property taxes until after they die or sell their home. The state sets a maximum interest rate of 8%, which the homeowner's family must eventually pay in addition to the deferred taxes, but allows cities to lower the rate. Several bills propose decreasing or erasing the program's current residency requirement, which states that eligible seniors must have owned and occupied their property for at least five years and resided in Massachusetts for at least 10 years. This story was contributed by Hannah Schoenbaum. For Dr.
1: Ethan Lazarus, treating patients with obesity carries frustrations that extend past medical issues. The medical systems say it's a disease. The doctors who have spoken up say it's a disease. The political system says, well, go ahead and fire the person because their butt's too big. That's offensive, Lazarus told attendees at Friday's Overcoming Obesity 2019 conference at the Boston Marriott. The panel was the first part of a five-day conference sponsored by the Obesity Medicine Society that brought in healthcare specialists to discuss advances in the clinical and surgical treatment of obesity, as well as health coverage for and discrimination against patients with obesity. Obesity has been rising as an epidemic across the United States for the last few decades, but especially in recent years, several panelists pointed out. One thing we can do, given our current benefit structure, is make it easier for members to navigate benefits and manage obesity as any other disease, said Kathleen Proctor, Managing Director of Blue Cross Blue Shield, a federation of 36 health insurance companies. She said they will do their part by developing a two-year pilot health insurance program to launch in New York, New Jersey, Washington, and Arkansas by 2020. The pilot will be available for federal BCBS members with a BMI over 30. This story was contributed by Anna Sternquist.
0: Last but not least, a word from the BU News Service Editorial Board. As many Boston University students already know, the Boston University chapter of the conservative organization Young Americans for Freedom has petitioned for conservative commentator Ben Shapiro to speak at the university. Unsurprisingly, this motion has faced much backlash from other students, with a petition asking the university to deny this request popping up quickly after. This week, the BU News Service published two op-eds on Shapiro and his potential visit. We encourage our audience to read both editorials. For the full columns, visit bunewsservice.com slash podcasts and click on today's episode.
1: That's it for your Friday Five. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. For the full versions of this week's stories, visit BUNewservice.com podcasts and click on today's episode.
0: We'd like to thank today's contributing writers, Catherine Swindells, Sophie Eisenberg, Hannah Schoenbaum, and Anna Sternquist, as well as our production team. This week's episode of Friday Five was produced by Hannah Harn.
1: And be sure to check out our latest episode of Between the Bylines, where we sit down with our contributors to discuss our top stories through the lens of student journalism. Visit us online at com slash podcasts for more information.